Hey there, Super Sober Heroes. It's your host, Sober Steve, the podcast guy. And before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a brief moment to ask for your help to shape the future of gay A. Over the years, this podcast has grown and evolved as I've grown in my sobriety. And recently, I've been investing wild amounts of time, money, and energy to find ways to level up this podcast so it can get heard by the people who need to hear it. I want to take a brief moment to check in with all of you, though, to see what you love about the current show and what could be better as I'm growing and moving forward. In the show notes is a three to five minute survey for you to complete. I kindly ask that you pause this episode and take the time to complete it if you haven't already. You are kind enough to give me 20 to 40 minutes of your time each week when you listen to these episodes, and I want to make sure it's time well spent. So please let your voice be heard. Thanks, SoberPod, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gay A, a podcast about sobriety for the LGBT plus community and our allies. I'm your host, Steve Bennett Martin. I am an alcoholic. And I am grateful for all the great topic episodes I have planned for the coming months. As of this recording, I am 626 days sober, and today we're welcoming back a friend of the podcast, Chris, to talk about discovering your gender in recovery. Welcome back, Chris. Hi. <laughs> hey, how are you? Good. For listeners that don't already know you, I definitely recommend going back to the episode that we did last June. But why don't you tell us what you've been up to since then? So much has happened since this. Since June. Wow. I, so much has happened. I got out of a three-year relationship, which was really difficult. I took a step back from school, which was also really difficult. I was just spreading myself a little bit too thin. I've doing some upper levels of service and they just were requiring more time. And I wasn't able to show up to all of the things that I really wanted to really well. So it was like, let me just take a step back from school. I can readdress it once these other things are done. And yeah, you know, I'm the chair of a sober retreat that happens at the end of April. And we are like in the thick of planning. We will have our first big fundraiser in a couple of weeks and registration will open for that. And, you know, I'm just, that's been my main focus for the last six months, really. So I'm excited uh, to be doing that. Excellent. Well, this episode should be launching late March to early April. Did you want to plug it real quick before we forget? Yeah. So Spring Clearance, we will be celebrating our 20th year this year. It is a fairly small retreat that happens in Litchfield County, Connecticut. It's about 190 folks who come up. So if you're in the Tri-State area or really anywhere and you want to come, you can go to our Instagram, Spring Clearance, it's Spring Clearance, or to our website, springclearance.org. Excellent. I'll be sure to link those over to the show notes, just in case anyone listening is looking for some fellowship in the area. And out of all the things you could come back to discuss, why did you choose to discuss the topic of gender? Oh, gosh, because I think it has been the thing that has been, as I spend more time here, so like as of this recording, I have 2,757 days of recovery. It's like a little over seven and a half years. And you know, this work never stops, right? And as you continue to do the steps and you continue to work, you're discovering new things about yourself or rediscovering things as as the case may be in my case. And, you know, gender has been one of those things that I've always struggled with. I'm going to put in air quotes, but it has definitely been a huge reason as to why I used for many years. And I felt like for me, it would be important for me to talk about it at this level. I think that one of the things I've learned in sobriety is like, the more I talk about it, the less it has power and I might be able to help someone else. So like, if I can kill two birds with one stone, let's do it. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's excellent. And I'm looking forward to, to diving more into it because I, I feel like I've learned more about gender and just like the how it's not all as all black and white as I thought it was like in recovery and like in the rooms. And so I'm excited to kind of dive deeper going back. Like what was, was your relationship with gender growing up? Like, well, I was really effeminate growing up and you know, I was, it was one of the things that kids noticed about me first, you know, it was like first I was black and then I was really effeminate. And so, you know, it really wasn't a problem. I had girlfriends in elementary school. It was fine. I got teased, but then I got like really fucking smart and I got really witty and I like got really cutting. And so like I stopped getting picked on because it was like, I could just cut you down with my words really easily and also learn how to fight. Right. And so then it really wasn't an issue. But then I started to train to be a professional dancer. And then it sort of became a problem, not a problem, but it was sort of it was suggested that if I wanted to be successful in my career, I had to dance like a boy. I had to be a man. And dancing was one of those things that really saved me. And so I did what I was instructed. You know, I butched it up. Mm-hmm. And and also just for safety, you know? Yeah, I just wanted to be safe. And when I came to school in a full face of makeup and acrylic nails and, and women's clothing and long hair, like I was never safe, you mm-hmm. know? and after a while, I just got tired of fighting. And so I was like, let me just make my life easier. And I butched it up and I was safe and I was able to focus on my studies and my dancing and things like that. But I was denying a huge part of myself. And so when I picked up, it made that easier. You know, it made it easier for me to deal with the shame of like denying a part of myself to the world and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I remember like I had a similar experience growing up where like I was picked on because it was clear, like people knew I was gay before, like I knew I was gay or effeminate or like that. I was like different. And it was just like, whether that difference like had a name for it yet, like people knew and I was picked on and like, I did do my best to kind of fit in as much as I could. But like, I I remember like how you said, like with the drinking, like that was definitely like a huge part to be like, okay, nothing bothers me anymore if I'm drinking or using. I mean, how do you feel like that affected your gender identity for so long or impacted it? Well, you know, I think it was a great number. I didn't care. I was so focused on the drug and the and the drink that it didn't matter. You know, I wasn't really concerned about anything else except for that. I was like very singleness of purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Like my primary purpose was to get as high as possible all day, every day. And so I just didn't think about it because I couldn't think about it. I couldn't think about it and I couldn't really investigate. Also, I didn't really have people around to sort of like help me investigate what I was actually feeling. And that worked for a long time. And then it stopped working. And then I got sober and that just sort of started to change. You know, I'm I'm lucky I live in New York City where we have a huge, huge, huge fellowship here and it's super diverse like the city itself is super diverse right and then you get into recovery it's even more diverse it feels like and at least where i'm where i get my recovery and it allowed me the space to really investigate how i'm feeling and what's coming up for me and like what have i been lying to myself or hiding from myself for many many years um out of safety because like i feel safe now you know, and I don't need to like hide these parts away. And 
you know, I think about for me, just the visibility of like non-binary folks and, and trans folks, like it's, there's just so much more of it today that it, it again, it just allowed me to sort of investigate like where, who, who am I, what do I actually feel? And, you know, it really has been in the last like three or four years where I was just like, yeah, I don't really identify as a man, you know, so I look like one, you know, like you look at me and you're like, oh yeah, definitely man, right? Like I'm muscular and I, and I have like facial hair and I wear backward baseball caps and tank tops, you know what I mean? Mm. Like you look at me, you think man, but like, I don't, that's because it's easy. Yeah. This is easy. This is what I've been doing for the past 20 years to feel safe. And so like my wardrobe gives that. But at the end of the day, there are days where I just like, I'm just going to wear a full face and makeup and a dress and whatever, just to go to the supermarket. Like, and that is also a part of me, right? Like, and so, yeah, it took a lot of conversations with my therapist and with other trans and non-binary folks and, you know, really conversations with my higher power about like, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And, you know, I think it was, it's been almost two years since I came out as non-binary. So yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah. I, did. I think you did too. <laughs> I, I, I feel like, you know, especially as addicts and as people in like the queer community, like we have to come out multiple times throughout our life. Like, what was that process of coming out like? It wasn't difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm really lucky that I have an amazing community around me. And I started to like socially transition mm-hmm. in the sense that like I you know, presented more femme more often. And I changed my pronouns to he, they for a while. And, you know, I had he, they pronouns for like two years. And, you know, I, yeah, I think last year or the year before was like the first time I just like, I dropped the he all together and just go by they, them, theirs pronouns. And it wasn't difficult. You know, like I said, I'm really grateful that I have amazing people around me who like get it. You know, and if they don't get it, they're willing to either ask me questions that are not insulting or disrespectful or do the work themselves, you know. And there have been times where it's like, I have to remind people and there are some people like who I just like, it doesn't, I don't, they don't matter to me. So I don't care if you get my pronouns right. Like you're not, you know, like if you misgender me, it's fine because like you don't really play a role in my life. You know, I'm probably going to see you maybe once or twice a year and like that's fine. But for everyone else, everyone's been like, it's been super easy. It's been, I'm, I'm really, I'm really lucky and fortunate for sure. Yeah. And what about how like discovering that has enhanced or like affected your recovery and your sobriety? Oh gosh. You know, we talk about rigorous honesty Mm -hmm. and I think it's allowed me to be rigorously honest. It, you know, I think not that I was like keeping a secret, but I wasn't being honest with myself when I, and, and in turn wasn't being honest with the rest of the world. And I definitely felt lighter, you know, which is, which was interesting to sort of like have that experience because I felt pretty light, you know, having done the steps and like, you know, bared everything to my, you know, I've done a fifth step, like all the things I thought I had done all that stuff. It's been great. And it also has allowed me to sponsor other folks and connect with other folks who are also gender nonconforming and gender expansive folks, you know, and build community there as well, which, you know, I can, I always say this, like you can never have a big enough network, you know, and, and, yeah, I think it's only just strength in my sobriety, and I'm really grateful for it. 
you know, I'm grateful that I, I feel safe enough that I can like share these things about myself with the people that are around me. And yeah. Yeah. And what, yeah. what kind of advice would you give to someone if they list, are listening to this episode and they're like confused or figuring out or working on discovering their gender? Like what are some things that they can do or ask themselves or think about? Oh, I would say do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. It changes for me daily. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like the way you're feeling today may not be the way that you're feeling tomorrow. And that is absolutely okay. It does not invalidate any of those two experiences, Mm -hmm. right? If you were three months down, you're like gender discovery, like discovery, and you realize that like, "Mm, no, I'm not non-binary or I'm not this or not. That's fine. You can do whatever you want. Like it's your body. Only you will be able to tell what's going on. And I would say, try to just find people in community and talk about it as often as possible with those people who have that shared experience. You know, I think the internet is a great resource and it is a great resource. It is like the devil in many ways, but like the amount of people that I've been able to connect with just via Instagram has been really, really, really amazing and helpful. There's a lot of information out there. So just go find that information, find those people and listen to your head and your heart. That's what I would say. Yeah. If if you can give your, let's say 10 year old self, like a bit of advice looking back about discovering yourself, what kind of advice would you give your younger self? No, at 10, I was really good. I think it would be like my 14 year, 15 year old self, I would say, I would say to that, that kid, that version of Chris, I would say, don't listen to them. I would say, do what feels best for you. Block out the rest of the noise. You know exactly who you are and what you want to do and just do that. Everything else will work out. I promise. That's great advice. And I know that one of the things that kind of like tripped me up or got me confused as I was like learning about like my gender and where, where I fit into all that was like that it can be like different than like your sexuality and like your sexual preferences. And like, can you talk a little bit more about like how you differentiate the two and like how they interact with each other and stuff like that? Yeah. And I think that's been a really interesting discovery for me as of late. I was like, you know, I'm recently single and I'm back on the apps again. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, being on the apps as a non-binary person is really, it's not fun. Especially in the like, the you know, the male dominated spaces. It's mm-hmm. just really interesting. But what I will say is that sexuality and gender are two different things. There are two different things and I'm sort of rediscovering like my sexuality and like what that means for me. I don't know. I think, you know, I'm attracted to men, whether it be cis men or trans men, I'm attracted to men. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been women that I'm attracted to, but like, that's like a one-off every, you know, every 10 years maybe. But yeah, what would I say about that? I don't know that they're just two different things. And, you know, just like with gender, it's, an, it's a constant exploration and may differ today than it does tomorrow and allow yourself the grace to figure that out. Yeah. You know, and there's no shame in anything. Cause like it's 2023, we should not be shaming people by who they're attracted to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so yeah. And I'm sure you have tons of horror stories from the apps, but can you tell us about like a positive interaction that you've had with someone like when talking about gender? Yeah, I just had some really horrible experiences recently. So like all I can think about is like 
not having to read people for filth, but just be like, Google is a free resource. Yeah. Please. I will say that very recently I've been having some really wonderful conversations with other trans folks on the apps and just like finding community there. And I did have a really good conversation with one of the developers of this new app called Motto. And we had a really, really, really amazing conversation, not only around like gender expansive folks on the app, but also like people of color on the apps and how they can better be inclusive and how they can like market themselves differently and how they can like be different than the other apps that we encounter because they all are essentially the same and they're all pretty trash and they're just yeah, it was really nice to like just sit down with someone and be like, listen, this is my experience and this is how I think that you could be better. So those have been some good experiences. It's just like, yeah, people who ask questions who are actually genuinely concerned, people who read profiles. Yeah, I'm, I'm more interested. To, I'm interested in hearing more about that that conversation with the app. What, what was some of your feedback or your... You know, I think the app is brand new and they're still trying to figure out what their lane is. And I think for me, I just was like, get clear about that. And I also, you know, there wasn't, they had drop down menus for like gender and things like that, but there wasn't like any explanations as to like what those things might be because like people still don't know, like, you know, like people just don't know because they like to say blissfully ignorant or they have their own biases or whatever. And so just like offering that and, you know, just really figuring out how they're going to be different. You know, I was just like, it's your job to figure out how you're going to be different because we have a lot of apps at our disposal. And if you're going to stay in this game, you know, because the ones that are there are pretty well established. Right. And like whether they're trash or not, like people are still going to use them because they've been around for almost 20 years. So I was just thinking Uh, back. I was like, because I know, like, obviously the the G one has been around like forever, but like I was like thinking of all the ones that like existed and have like since like failed or disappeared. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm old. Anyway, yeah, and you know the conversation went really well. You know, and we are still in in conversations on how we can like how they can how they can still be better. You know, which is good. I felt really good to like one have them reach out to set up a call three one continue the conversation like that just makes me feel good that they're reaching out to the people who are actually using their products mm-hmm. so because a lot of times they do this like focus groups it's like paid people who come and they like lie i've done focus groups and i've lied yeah. in focus groups you know just to get the coin mm-hmm. you know what i mean do i own amends for that hmm, doesn't matter anyway <laughs> yeah i i'm hopeful i'll say that i'm hopeful excellent for sure And any last words of wisdom or advice for our listeners about recovery or about, you know, this is something that I just need to hear, like offer yourself some grace. This shit is not easy Mm -hmm. and it is okay to ask for help. It is okay to ask for help and not know what that help looks like. You know, just, just saying the words I need help can be extremely, extremely impactful. So yeah, that those would be my words of advice. Perfect. And if someone listening is just so eager to get that more advice from you, how can they find you or reach you? They can find me on Instagram at CPR gives you life. That is CPR gives you life. Like, like the mouth, the mouth resi- yeah. resuscitation. Yeah. Yeah. But they're also my initials. So it's like a, it's a plan words. Anyway, that sounds really corny. No, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, That's the best way to find me. Well, thank you so much for talking about gender. It was Great. Stick around because we'll have our post show. But in the meantime, it was a pleasure getting to know you better, Chris. Thank you. Sorry. Right as I started drinking you. Yes, I was like, I timed that horribly. Okay. (laughs) You could take a sip while I do my little outro. 
great. <laughs> All right. Thank you, listeners, for tuning into another episode of Gay A. Make sure to head on over to our Patreon page if you want to hear more about Chris as we dive into talking about dual diagnoses and treatment and recovery. Meanwhile, if you're interested in sharing your story or just saying hi, I'm an email away at gayapodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at gayapodcast. Be sure to follow us wherever you're listening right now so you can get new episodes when they come out every Thursday. Until next time, stay sober, friends.